This is the place to go for anime, manga, comics, video games, all pop culture information. This is the place that you need to be. This program is brought to you by Blacken Studios Entertainment Division. Remember, it's Blacken. Hey, everybody. This is Aaron Tile. I'm the host of Stupid Movie Tuesday and Aaron Explains the Universe. And you're listening to The Elijah Bailey Show. Thanks for downloading The Elijah Bailey Show from iTunes or BlackStudios.com. And here's a word from some of the folks that make it possible for you to hear this show for free every Thursday. Providing bankruptcy services throughout the state of Oklahoma, Bowler & Associates is a bankruptcy law firm based in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Their mission is to relieve you from threat of debt collectors, garnishments, repossessions, tax levies, foreclosures, and much more. Backed by more than 20 years of experience in the legal field, they excel in finding the quickest, most effective, and most affordable solution to all your legal and financial troubles. You can find them at Bowler Law on Facebook and also visit the website at www.bowlerlawfirm.com. Reach them at 405-733-3000. Email them at bankruptcy at bowlerandassociates.com. Bam! There we go. Hey, what's going on? Oh, Chewie, don't do this to me now. Don't do this to me now. Daddy just started the show, and you're coming in here like you need to, you know, just chill. Chill just a bit. Uh, but what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Elijah Bailey Show. I'm Elijah 5000 here yet again for another week, episode 250, and there's so much shit going on. Uh, the first thing I want to say is happy Black History Month to everybody. Uh, you know... Typically, every Black History Month, I do, and we celebrate comic book characters, anime characters, and uh, video game characters, but last year we started something new to where every single episode we honor a character of color, so we, because there's, there's a limited few, but there's enough to where just waiting for February is not enough time to honor these heroes, so today... Uh, you're going to get a new hero, a, a comic that I found uh, very interesting and I'm excited about. And then also we got some stuff to talk about. Nubia came back in the comics. WandaVision is so good. Uh, James E. Woo, he, he captured our hearts. Um, but there's a lot of stuff to talk about today, so let's go ahead and get into the show. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's episode, which was the Bailey Bugle. We're back to it at the beginning of the month. So if you're new to the Elijah Bailey show, uh, we have several different segments within the show, but each week there's a different theme. First week of the month is comics. Second week of the month is anime. Third week of the month is video games. Fourth week is our Bailey Bugle. And that's just like hot topics, whatever we want to talk about. Last week we dove into some shit. Um, and then if there's a fifth week, then dive into a specific topic. And you keep hearing me say we, I do engage with you, but the Elijah Bailey show is not the Elijah Bailey show without the Buckety, the man, Richard Buck Taplin. But he is not here uh, for the time being. But I have, there, there's so many things we haven't really broke down and discussed the Mandalorian yet. I got to pull him in on that. Uh, I want to hear his thoughts on WandaVision if he's seen him. And then some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about, Godzilla vs. Kong. But... 
Um, within the show, we have several segments, and it depends on the week. Since it's comics, we're going to hit straight out of comics where we talk about any news uh, coming from film, animation side of comics. Then I give you the comic book recommendations, which we're getting ready to dive into for the month uh, for some of our biggest publishers, which is Ma- uh, Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse Comics. And then, like I said, WandaVision, the first four episodes are out. So when we get to WandaVision, if you have not watched WandaVision yet, any of the episodes, uh, I will tell you when to skip out and probably when to come back because we're going to dive into it uh, heavy because I've been talking to Leon at work about it. Uh, uh, me and Jessica have been watching these episodes, rewatching these episodes. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to dive into. So let's go ahead and dive into the show with comic book releases for the month of February. <sighs> this man is uh, tormented. He's tortured. I've talked about him severely in the last two weeks. Maybe to you guys, maybe not to you guys. I can't remember. There were some topics surrounding Morbius, but starting at Marvel Comics, we have Morbius Bond of Blood issue number one, uh, written by Ralph Macchio and art by Tom Riley, cover by Giuseppe Kamukoli, I think, Kamukoli. Um, But the synopsis, it says Morbius, the living vampire, faces a ghost from his past, his first kill. Uh, Emil Nikos was Morbius's research partner until the bloodlust made Emil the first victim of Morbius, the vamp, uh, Morbius's vampiric urges. Now Emil's son is dying from a new rare blood disease and only Morbius can save him. 32 pages, one shot banger, um, rated T plus $3.99. And this is... Um, right on the heels of Jared Leto's Morbius film that did get delayed a little bit further, but it is coming out. So if you do know nothing about Morbius or any of these um, films, oh man, I wish I could have included this. We got uh, set pictures of Thor, um, Love and Thunder, and then also Guardians of the Galaxy, and it looks so badass. The the, the cut-off jacket that Thor is wearing standing next to 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 good old star lord and then we saw um uh, one of the ravenger that took over for yondu uh with his whistling uh stick and then we also saw nebula so there's some good stuff coming but um anyway if you don't know about any of these films that are coming out check out the comics this one is issue number one uh bond of blood so it'll tell the beginning of morbius's bloodlust and his tale to try to cure his blood disease which he kind of transformed into a living vampire next on the list this is cool coming from uh, marvel comics this one is the legacy i saw uh, there's so many comics coming out but marvel voices legacy issue number one written by ho chi anderson danny lore uh, nadi okarafor tochi on onye buchi i think stephanie excuse me stephanie williams and more Art by Sean Hill, Valentine Day, Lanandor, uh, Ken Lashley, and more. Uh, celebrating Black History Month in a mighty Marvel style. Black Panther, Storm, Blade, uh, Falcon, Ironheart, Luke Cage, Spectrum, and so many more. Marvel's incredible legacy of black heroes gets the star treatment in this action-packed special. New and established creators take on their favorite heroes in a dizzy 
uh, dizzying array of stories designed to inspire and uplift. The Marvel Voices program is your number one stop for the world outside your window. Don't sleep on this one. This, uh, like the art looks really nice and interesting and to have so many different writers, so many different artists again for this collection book. You're, I, I love books like that. Uh, I think they did a Batman animated, they did a Batman animated series like that where you got all these different takes on Batman telling a story. And when you get that in comics, it, it gives you a little bit more depth. And I think there's one that DC is actually doing. I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but they have, um, some different splash pages and, and deals where they break down heroes of uh, color throughout the uh, history of comics and tell their story that you haven't heard before, uh, how they came up, different costumes that they uh, first in, that they've changed their name, you know, just things that you don't normally see and think about superheroes. Uh, but from that perspective, then they also show, how, you know, I'm a superhero so I, I'm kind of like a vigilante, but in my normal life, I'm black, and, and it might be the 50s or 60s, so I might get my ass beat. So two different dynamics. Um, if I can figure out the name before the end of the show, I'll throw it in. If not, I'll put it in the show notes or put it in the description uh, so you guys can check that. But this uh, book, the Marvel Voices Legacy, issue number one, 40 pages, one shot, rated T, $4.99. Uh, next on the list, I, I've always talked about Vixen, because Vixen was, again, you're wearing a necklace. It's not encumbering. It's not anything crazy. People don't really look for it. You can imbue the spirits of animals and take shape and form and do the shit that they do. It's a badass power. And the reincarnation or family lineage is always something that's pretty cool to me. But from DC Comics, Truth and Justice, issue number one, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Chris Ross, and uh, Jordi Tarragona, and uh, the cover and the variant are by Chris Cross. So, Vixen takes center stage in the debut issue of the new team uh, team up series. Mari Macab is many things: superhero, model, activist. But can she add God Killer to the list? Vixen teams up with Doctor Miss and Impala of the Global Guardians to face down an ancient deity that's taken over the body of a scientist investigating powerful magical artifacts. Vixen's uh, Vixen will need to dig deep and use all the abilities in the animal kingdom to face down this powerful primal threat. Now, I've heard a couple things about Vixen that she can even do like dinosaurs anything that had lived on earth she can imbue that spirit kind of like uh, beast boy any version of an animal throughout the galaxy or universe he can shapeshift into uh but this is four dollars 99 cents 40 pages on sale february 16th 2021 another cool another thing that's cool to me is classic vintage style art vintage style superheroes sometimes and here we go. We're getting we're getting this team up right here. Uh, also from DC, we have Generations Forge issue number one, written by Dan Jurgens, Andy Schmidt, and Robert uh, Vendetti. Art by Brian Hitch, Mike Perkins, Bernard Chang, Paul Pelter, and others. Uh, 
dispersed through time by the villainous Dominus, uh, our ragtag team of generational heroes featuring 1939 Batman, Commodity, Superboy, Steel, Starfire, Sinestro, Booster Gold, and Dr. Light must find a way to resolve uh, and restore the timeline. And what they ultimately discover is something far, far greater. You'll have to read it to believe it. Uh, as time dies and generations rise one shot on sale february 23rd 2021 $9.99 80 pages uh and this is uh just from the both of these are just from dc label now the last couple months i've been giving you some dc black label stuff this is straight dc again look at the artwork that's awesome 1939 batman i actually saw um somebody was selling the comic where it was uh what if batman and superman were on the opposite side of the law and batman was throwing like a kryptonite batarang and it's it's just cool to see the older versions and what their uh crime fighting abilities and capabilities were it's basically jaywalking stopping people i saw a lot of superman stopping jaywalkers back in the day i don't know why that's the good use of jumping and or leaping over tall buildings and faster than a locomotive but let's hop on over to image comics from image comics this is cool deep beyond uh i just like the artwork it looks really trippy i like the colors deep beyond issue one of 12 writer uh david uh goy and uh murka and dolpha artist by andrea brokerdo uh, Bur- bora cardo in an unpo- uh, underpopulated future Earth, devastated by the dire consequences of the Millennium Bug, the survival of mankind, and maybe of the planet itself, is handed uh, and handled by a small number of people. Talented scientists who, despite the adverse situation and the stupid feuds that continue to divide the small number of people still alive, they try to understand and study what is hidden in the depths of the abyss, something mysterious and dangerous, which could uh, eventually cause an even worse and more destructive catastrophe. The hundred meets low with a hint of death stranding in the new uh, brand new sci-fi thriller series from acclaimed creator Mirka Andolfo, Andolfo. Uh, from Unnatural Mercy, teaming up with the writer David Goy and rising star artist Andrea from Star Wars, uh, Dr. Afra, and then uh, Empire X-Men. Uh, we have this marvelous comic, February 3rd, $3.99. Again, look at the artwork. Just It just seems like it should be um, a little bit of Dead Space where it's a team of you guys going out and killing mercilessly whatever the fuck's out there that's crazy, but you're scientists fighting for humanity against all odds, which it seems like that is kind of going on now. Uh, last but not least is Dark Horse Comics. I have to, I actually have two pictures of this because the artwork is very nice for both um, and very different. This is Crimson Flower, issue number two of four, written by Matt uh, Kint. And then art and cover by Matt Lewinsky. On the trail of her father's killer, a a young woman begins to blur the line between reality and fantasy as the folk tales from her childhood become more real than the world around her. And as she makes it one step further toward avenging her father, the line between justice and vengeance becomes equally fuzzy. On sale February 24th, 32 pages, $3.99. Again, Crimson Flower, issue two of four. 
I like miniseries. I just finished up a miniseries that we'll, we'll also talk about today. Um, but with that, that is the end of the comic book releases from Marvel Comics, DC Image, and Dark Horse. I'll go over them again. If you're looking for comics, go to and find these. But you can also go to patreon.com forward slash Elijah Bailey show. And in there you can find and click the hyperlink to go straight to the sources for all the releases from these publishers. Every single title coming out in February from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and Image. But Marvel Comics this month, I recommend Morbius Bond of Blood issue one, Marvel's Voice, uh, Marvel's Voices Legacy issue number one. From DC Comics, I recommend Truth and Justice issue one. Also, Generations Forged issue one. Then Image Comic, we have Deep Beyond issue one of 12. And then from Dark Horse, Crimson Flower issue two of four. And with that, let's take a pause for the cause and come back. And then we'll head into Tal You Say, and I'll tell you the character uh, for this, the very first episode of Black History Month. I'll give you the black character that we're supporting and the comic that drew me back in. Um, and I'll tell you more about it right after this break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey you, are you tired of having to hear about a hero rushing in to save the day, getting all the glory and the fame from all the fans? Well, if this sounds like you, then come on down and join the League of Villains and help us tear down that horrible world of peace and create a world of wonderful chaos. Remember, being a villain's not about one for all. It's about all for one. <laughs> Need a magic sword? Stylish new threads? Access to a video game before it comes out? Or to fall in love? It can all be yours. Give us a ring at Gotta Goddess where we can provide you with your very own goddess, fully equipped with one no-strings-attached wish. Call today and use magic word gag to get a discount on your first wish to be fulfilled. Side effects may, but are not excluded to death, dismemberment, disorientation, irritable bowel syndrome, headaches, nose aches, toothaches, and addiction to anime, falling in love with the wrong person and more. with the Elijah Bailey show episode 250. Let's go ahead and dive into this. This comic uh again, style is something that that stands out to me. If you ever listen to uh anime recommendation, comic book recommendations, when you're looking at the cover, the cover has to draw you in to get into the synopsis. Elena Abbott from Abbott 1973. Now, I have a whole bunch of pictures because Again, the style is just so different. Here's in comic uh, pictures uh, for you guys. But Elena Abbott. Booms. Uh, Boom Studios have announced Abbott 1973, a sequel to uh, Saladin uh, uh, Ahmed and Sammy Cavell's 2018 crime series, Abbott. Uh, the writer and artist will return for the five-issue comic colored by Mata uh, Maria Lacano with lettering by Jim Campbell, with, uh, which continues to follow Detective Elena Abbott as she uh, deals with the uh, political corruption and supernatural threats in the city of Detroit. Detroit's hardest hitting journalist, Elena Abbott, is trying to make a fresh start at a newspaper, but her deadly past isn't ready to let go. And I think one of the first uh, things I saw, she was killing like. Uh, there was this fight with this old lady that ended up being a major uh, death, which was like, whoa, he's going to kill that old lady. Okay. 
But if you look at the comic, if you look at each one of these covers, they are just kind of mind-blowing. Actually, I should have did this one first. But this is Souls reaching up as she sits on the hood of her car, smoking, um, standing outside in the dress, different clothes that she's wearing as she infiltrates. And she's, I mean, just like a badass Lois Lane coming in. But then she's also fighting demons, so she's kind of like a Winchester uh, smoking cigs, kicking ass, saying uh, funny shit. But Elena Abbott is the character that we're honoring this episode. So make sure to check out Abbott 1973. And if you have not, Abbott itself is a series that you need to check out. Okay. Let us take some time. I wanted to hit the news first. But there's a lot of shit going on. And so I think we're just going to dive right into WandaVision. So if you have not watched any episodes of WandaVision, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, it is time to start talking about WandaVision. Come back in about, uh, give me about 10 good minutes. I'm going to say 10. I might cut it short, but give me 10 good minutes, then come back into the show as I go back into the rest of the news for this week um, and more. But let's go ahead and get into WandaVision. And let me pull this up for you. If you not, have not uh, rewatched the episodes, if you're not uh, really, let's move this up, really remembering everything that happened, I'm just going to play the trailer. Again, uh, YouTube, there's no reason to try to strike me. There's no audio. But WandaVision, let's start from the beginning. There's a couple things that you might know, a couple things you might not know. Let's just hit it from the top. Created by uh, Jack uh, Schaefer for Disney Plus based on Marvel comic characters Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, and Vision set in Marvel Cinematic Universe. It shares continuity with the film of the franchise and takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame, uh, which was uh, released in 2019. WandaVision was produced by Marvel Studios with Schaefer serving as the head writer and Matt uh, Shankman directing. Schaefer was hired in uh, January 2019. The series was officially announced that April and... uh, Shackman, Shakeman joined on in August. The series is presented as a homage to the past sitcoms with Wanda and Vision living in the reality that takes them through different decades of television tropes. Now, that's very important because um, there's been a lot of speculation on why we're getting television tropes. There's been a lot of speculation on why we're seeing this, and I'll get into that more after we go through a breakdown set three weeks after the events of the Avengers in game. Now this is only three weeks after the death of vision, right? Wanda is having this breakdown. Uh, and that's what, that's what we've seen in the trailers. That's what everybody's pretty much thought. But Wanda Maximoff and vision try to uh, escape and are living in a idealistic uh, suburban life in the town of Westview, trying to conceal their powers. Um, Again, WandaVision premiered on January 15th uh, with the release uh, of its first two episodes on Disney+. Plus. The other seven episodes are scheduled to release weekly until March 5th. Marvel Studios considered releasing the entire season at once, but chose weekly releases after seeing the fun of week-to-week 
um, produced by uh, The Mandalorian. Feige said the episodes were built with the weekly release in mind so the audience could try to guess and figure out what was happening next uh, and what was going to happen in uh, speculating and rewatching and building the anticipation. He felt Ben's watching the series after all the episodes were released um, would be equally f- an equally fun experience but wouldn't have you dive into the characters. Now, so far, there's four episodes out. When they the first two episodes originally released, they were just uh, untitled, just episode one, episode two. Since then, episode one is uh, filmed before a live studio audience. Episode two is Don't Touch That Dial. Episode three was now in color because they did the uh, they colorized shit. And then four is We Interrupt This Program, and everything is so stylized to uh, each episode the time jump. First episode is fifties. Second episode, 60s, 70s, and they keep going until they catch up to current time. Um, And it's just an interesting way to do it. Uh, We have, again, Elizabeth Olsen coming back as Wanda, Scarlet Witch. And then Paul uh, uh, Bettany as Vision. Um, Fred Melliman as Todd Davis. Catherine Hahn as Agnes, uh, which is interesting. Toyana Paris as Monica Rambeau, who was Maria Rambeau's child in Captain Marvel, so she's an adult now. Randall Park as Jimmy E. Wong, or James E. Wong, Jimmy Woo, and then Kat Dennings as Dr. Darcy Lewis. Now, let's just go ahead and back up, and let's go ahead and pull up another trailer for WandaVision as I dive into this. Now, I talked about the time period. Each episode is a different time period first episode was 50s second episode was 60s third episode was 70s fourth episode we came to present day um three weeks i yeah three weeks after endgame and people are returning from the snap the blip they're coming back into reality uh the first episode first two episodes black and white i didn't mind them but they did they move very slow and when you think Marvel and you think Vision and Wanda and Scarlet Witch and the power that they have and her ability to change reality, you're like, oh, this is going to be fast paced. But I think I kind of enjoy it slowing down, like the witty humor, the very uh, Mary Tyler Moore, um, Dick Van Dyke, um, Brady Bunch, Partridge Family type feel. I love it because it's nostalgic. But by episode three, even colorized and envision, I was like, dude, hurry up. I want to get to drama because each episode, it's very fucking creepy. Uh, the first two episodes, you had Wanda and Vision not really knowing why there was a circle in the calendar, why there was a special date. Vision, from the very beginning, has always suspected something's off. But every, each episode, it kind of dives in a little bit more and more. And he's kind of waking up. And what we're going to see is Wanda's not going to take a liking to that. Wanda wants this reality because she wants Vision to be alive. Because we know that in Endgame, he died. Thanos ripped the stone out of his head, the Mind Stone, and took it. And he can no longer live or function. They were trying to remove it and keep his soul intact. But that didn't happen. He's He's gone. And so three weeks after Avengers Endgame, the death of her husband, boyfriend, whatever, the person that she loves, she creates this reality, or she gets trapped. And what we find out within those first two episodes is something's off. 
but she's not really addressing the issue. She's playing housewife. And then there's these creepy deals where Vision starts to talk to Wanda and like, don't you feel that something's off? And then she'll rewind shit or there'll be a glitch in the episode and they'll just skim over it. By the time that we get to episode four, all the slow pace, the black and white, the build, the TV show production, we find out what's happening. And you see like the TV uh, change ratios uh, like it did in those time periods. We go from the 50s to 60s to 70s ratio to current day Marvel widescreen format ratio. And then you get the feel, you get the the, the vibrato of the music, you get the bum, 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 bum. You f- like there's a sense of heroics there. And then Monica Rambeau comes back to life. Uh, let me stop there. Vision and Wanda go through this whole act to where they end up having twins. So we're going to fast track just a little bit. If you watch, you know what I'm talking about. Each time Wanda resets, something new in the world happens. Now, Wanda in the comics always wanted a normal life. She always wanted a family because her life was fucking rough. Since we haven't had mutants yet, but we have this mutation, as um, Hydras called it with Pietro and uh, Wanda, Things have changed in the MCU. So most of her struggle now for normalcy is she doesn't have her brother anymore, which they reference. And I hear they're going to go more into his backstory in the fifth episode. Um, She was tortured. Uh, Their parents died. They were scared of Tony Stark. Like all these things have warped her and given her this stress for normalcy where in Marvel, it was, the comics was a little bit different because Magneto was her father and, and back and forth and all that bullshit. So this is where we get that stress set. Um, we meet all these characters, Agnes, which I think is Agatha Harkness, which is a witch in Marvel Comics who actually trained Scarlet Witch. We see her by Kat Dennings and she's just, uh, not Kat Dennings, but... Uh, Han, Catherine Han. Why did I say Kat Dennings? Mrs. Felcher herself. And her timing's impeccable. She's very funny. But the rest of the town, too, the sitcom way that they're all telling their jokes, that their vibrato, the way that they're looking, the things that are going on, just makes it very eerie. There's a dinner, dinner table scene where the husband's choking on food and they let it go on way too long. Uh, there's a scene where one of the neighbors is cutting the hedges and he's cutting through the concrete and he's just going and he's stuck and he can't, you see all these people in distress. And by episode four, uh, Monica Rambeau has come back to life. You see, she was waiting by Maria Rambeau's bed cause she had cancer. Um, Maria beat the cancer, then it relapsed and it killed her three years later. But in that time, uh, Monica had been blipped away. She comes back. Everybody's in a panic. You find out that her mom created S.W.O.R.D., which is an agency, a sentient agency within the MCU that is checking on extraterrestrials and all that other shit after Captain Marvel in assistance to Captain Marvel, really. Her mom created this. Uh, She comes back. She's got a protocol. Her very first mission she goes to the town of Westview, but it's been wiped from everybody's mind in the radius except for her. And boom, James E. fucking Wu coming with the fucking quick hand magic that he learned in Ant-Man 2 uh, from Ant-Man himself with his card and just that banter back and forth between them. It was just really refreshing to see it in the MCU movie type style. It feels like a just short film, and I'm hoping that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier feel like this, too. But 
We see in episode three, after Wanda gives birth to her babies, she has a confrontation with Monica because she gets sucked into the world. But by those first three episodes, we've seen Monica in the show as AKA Geraldine playing a part uh, of this script. Well, she gets found out. Wanda uses her powers, gets her Sokovian accent back. Bam! Blast this bitch through so many goddamn walls. I was like, when they showed Monica's face, like, ooh, going through the field of grass, I was like, oh, that motherfucker hurt. That's a face that somebody had the air knocked the fuck out of them. And so she hits the ground on the other side, and they circle around her. But during this time that she's been in Monica's world, <sighs> catty cat cat. Dr. Darcy Lewis herself figures out the wavelengths and also figures out that there was wavelengths on top of those wavelengths and she needed an old fat ass TV to tune in to dial in to see what was going on. And that's where we saw at the end of each episode, somebody watching uh, from sword and it's all the sword agents. They're trying to figure out what's happening and we figure out how they contact Wanda, uh, that Franklin that they send in underground and that his hazmat suit turns to a beekeeper suit. We don't know what happens to him yet. Cause Wanda said no and sent his ass somewhere. So there's so many questions that were answered. It feels like a big Marvel film in such a small way. I'm loving this week to week. Again, we got a total of what, uh, nine episodes for this season Four are out now. So, Hold on to your draws, everybody. WandaVision is taking us on a fucking ride, and I'm loving it. I am loving it. Um, I don't think there's anything else I can say about it. It's just, it's so fucking good. <sighs> okay, so now that we're done with WandaVision, let's dive into this next uh, video that I pulled up. This is from uh, Suicide Squad. Now, I've been like, man, you know, Suicide Squad, what's going on with Suicide Squad? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be blah, blah, blah? And then you find out James Gunn is doing it, and then you look back at his earlier work. Now, I went back and rewatched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and some other stuff, and he just has a way of making group superhero films. And then when you watch this trailer and you look at it, you're like, fucking suicide squad looks fucking fun it looks like it's going to be a really good film um but they talked to him about this and it says uh comicbook.com did a, a interview with suicide squad and a couple of the actors one of them being uh rick flags joel kinnaman so um me. joel kinnaman teased uh his own personal excitement uh to the film and that it will balance uh, and be absolutely ridiculous while being really moving. And that's the deal that caught my eye about this article. I was like, it's going to be ridiculous, but he's super excited about it. So um, Joel Kinnaman, he's uh, talking about the film. He says, I mean, I can't wait to see it. Uh, when I read the script, like every page, every page of the script made me laugh. It's just like the silliest, most violent. And at times it's really moving, just an absolute ridiculous story. It's yeah, you know, honestly, I think people are going to love it. I really do. I think it's going to be very, very uh, appreciated as a film. Now, jumping off the first Suicide Squad and on this one and really having that much to say about it, like it's exciting, it's funny, it's violent. I think it's going to be blah, blah, blah. And the cast, all the characters they have, it's going to be fucking amazing. So um, I'm going to go through this quick and then I'll break down some of these characters for you if you don't know them. Uh, the Suicide Squad will follow a ragtag roster of anti-heroes and supervillains from the DC canon, and we'll see the return of Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. 
Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, and the 2016 Suicide Squad. They're the ones that made it and we care about. Will Smith was supposed to be on board doing something else at the time, but whatever. Uh, joining them in the film are David Dis- uh, Dismotion as Polka Dot Man, Steve Aggie as King Shark, uh, Daniela Melshore as Ratcatcher 2, uh, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, Nathan Fillion as TDK, Pete Davidson as Blackguard, uh, Flu- Flula Borg as Javelin, uh, Myling as Mongal, Peter Capaliti as the Tinkerer, Michael Roker as Savant because he got killed off as Yondu in uh, the MCU, so now he can be in the DCU. Alice uh, Braga as Soul Soul Sora, and then Sean Gunn as Weasel. So if you don't know a couple of those characters, I'll break those down in a minute for you. But uh, he said, that movie is going to be insane. The script is so funny. Every page of the script was really funny, and every page made me laugh. Um... James just has uh, this command of the genre, but also over every aspect of comedy and even the marketing. Uh, He just understands the world uh, so well. And since uh, he wrote it, he really reinvents not just the concept, but also the characters. For me, it was like I did my first comedy, but it's like heavily rated R. It was a real learning experience for me, too, because I'd never done a comedy like that way before. So I asked James to work with me and teach me uh, the shit. And yeah, we had so much fun doing it. The movie is going to be a fucking monster. Honestly, even though I'm in it, I can't wait to see it as a fan. So that all comes from Joel Kinnaman himself, a.k.a. Captain Ricker himself, who I did not care for as a character in the first film. So if James Gunn can boost his uh, appeal in the second one, I'm all for it. But again, Peacemaker, all these characters. John Cena is like a big ham, a big tool anyway, as far as, you know, bringing that comedy. He, he loves comedy. He loves to joke around. I feel like his character, Peacemaker, is going to be fucking amazing. Weasel. And now let's go ahead and go through these characters uh, just briefly. So Polka Dot Man is a Batman villain. Um, the Polka Dot Man, also known as Mr. Polka Dot, was a minor supervillain who fought Batman and Robin early in his career. He became known for committing uh, grandiose crimes revolving around the bizarre theme of Polka Dots. And basically, his Polka Dots can do like a flying buzzsaw dot, a flying saucer dot, sun dot, bubble dot, fist dots, and hole dots, and shit like that. Um, King Shark, which this was just revealed in the latest uh Atlantis comic, the low-born son of an ancient shark god who um, who was the terror of the Hawaiian Seas for the longest time, uh, before hard time with the Suicide Squad turned him towards a lifetime of excuse me, maritime crime. Let's get some of this coffee. You'd think Death Wish would be keeping me up. But King Sharp, superhuman abilities. You've seen him in uh, The Flash on CW. Super intelligent. He's a fucking King Shark. And if you haven't watched The Flash CW and seen King Sharp, go to Harley Quinn on, it's not even on DC Infinite now, on HBO Max. show is fucking hilarious. Nat Ratcatcher 2 is a former exterminator who turned to a life of crime while being aided by an army of small rodents she can communicate with and control. Fucking nasty. She wears the mask and shit 
because she's in the sewer and she doesn't want to smell. It has a special filter, but she has mind control and communication. Uh, Bloodsport, the original Bloodsport, was named Robert Du Bois. Uh, du Bois is uh, racked by guilt after his brother takes um, his place in the Vietnam War and returns home a quadriplegic. Uh, du Bois becomes depressed with the war and avenging his brother, even if it means slaughtering innocent metropolis uh, citizens. Lex Luthor is able to take advantage of that, brainwashing Du Bois into believing Superman is a threat, uh, arming him with high-tech uh, weaponry and turning him loose on the Man of Steel. So this is Superman bad guy and the shit that he had. He had super like kryptonite bullets and shit. I was like, damn, everybody just gets kryptonite in this universe. But another crack shot. Uh, another lost soul, high tech, arsonary, basic abilities, blood sport. Peacemaker, uh, Peacemaker first appeared, issue number uh, Fighting 5, issue number 40 in the 1966. Uh, part of this uh, team with five issues, apparently he became popular enough for his own series. And Peacemaker became one of the Carlton Comics' bigger heroes before moving over to DC Universe. Uh, the character uh, was used as the basis for Alan Moore's OGN Watchmen character, the comedian. Uh, Christopher possesses the physical strength and stamina of a man who in, engages in intense physical exercise. He's a master of various hand-to-hand combats, but he has some psychological damage, but will by any means uh, fight for peace, even if it means the most bloodiest of wars. Uh, TDK, one of the biggest mysteries of guns, the Suicide Squad, is what the TDKs reveal. Um, but in comics, he's otherwise known as the Detachable Kid or renamed Arm Fall Off Boy. The character first appeared trying to try out for the Legion of Superheroes by showing them he could rip off his arms. And when he does, he can regrow him. He just detaches him. Weird fucking power. Super expendable. Probably going to die in the film. Fucking amazing. Uh, Blackguard, who's being played by Pete Davidson, uh, was hired, empowered, and outfitted by uh, the conspiracy called the 1000. Presumably, he's uh, already had a criminal career as a thug before they hired him. He accompanied a squad of troops to steal some satellite from the uh, tech from Star Labs. Um, later on, uh, got into it with Booster Gold. Really, two handguns and a blackguard suit, which is highly weaponized. So, as you can see, not too overpowered as supervillains. These are lower tier supervillains, but they got high powered suits. That's basically what it is. Javelin, uh, the man who became the Javelin, was an Olympic athlete who, for unknown reasons, became a criminal. He used his talents. He can. He has created an unusable arsenal. Uh, of weapons based on spears, and they're only usable by him. Javelin hired a gang of thugs and became a mercenary in his first encounter with the Green Lantern. Javelin stole a prototype jet-powered solar uh, solar Ferris aircraft and defeated the Green Lantern with various missiles. He was captured, however, when he tried to blow up uh, the aircraft. Um, Mongal, which is cool, she's the the uh, sister of Mongol Jr. and the daughter of Mongol. Uh, they both lured Superman into a battle and trying to prove which one was more worthy uh, to avenge their father after Superman had defeated him, but superhuman strength, fucking smart, you know. But in the comics, she does eventually die. Her brother betrays her, so she might be one to die in this film. Never know. The Tinkerer, the Clifford DeVoy version of the Tinkerer first appeared in All Flash issue number 12 and was created by uh, Gardner Fox. Um, super intelligent, 
wears a helmet that not only increases his IQ, but it lets him move and think even faster than Jay Garrick or any of the Flashes can move. Uh, Savant, who was created by Gal Simone, uh, made his debut in Birds of Prey, issue 56. Brian uh, Durlin, a.k.a. Savant, made his debut in the Birds of Prey, a spoiled heir to an enormous for, uh, fortune. Durlin moved to Gotham to pursue a life of vigilantism. He tried to pretty much audition for Batman. He was dehinged. Batman didn't take him. And goes you know, down this kind of spiral later on, joins the Birds of Prey, but highly formidable hand-to-hand combat, highly skilled weapons. Um you know, another kind of Azrael kind of soul is a uh, Kuroto native and the leader of the Maltese resistance against. Uh, so basically uh, another Rick flag, just female Rick with a rifle. And then Weasel is a bloodthirsty, despicable little psychopath who was an early foe of the DC Comics Firestorm. And we don't really get to see too many Firestorm comics, but he has three different, three tactics, ambush, ambush, and the ambush. Um, Just a weasel. Human weasel, humanoid, uh, a lot of different shit. It's not, I don't know how they're going to use him. So he can crash through glass and send sharp fragments in the direction of his target. He uses just very dirty tactics, um, but again, he's trying to s- stay alive, and he's dirty himself. So those are your characters for the Suicide Squad. If you didn't know any of them, there's a little brief history on that. Let's go into our next bit of news. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, I already said that WandaVision is going to kind of go into Pietro's history, and I think they're going to start tying over and crossing over the um, Quicksilvers that we've seen in the X-Men film. So I think they're going to use... Uh, what is his fucking name? Evan. Evan Peters uh, Quicksilver in a backstory of Pietro. And then they're going to show Pietro from Avengers um, and give more of his. Because now in WandaVision, uh, sorry, spoilers, uh, give me about 20 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Um she gets mentioned by Monica. She's like, isn't that how Pietro died? Didn't Ultra kill him? Ultron kill him? It's like, what do you know about Pietro? That's the first time that they've mentioned him. So now it's going to bring up more stuff because once Pietro was mentioned, she turned around talking to Vision and she saw Vision as the dead version of Vision. So her reality is kind of crossing with her fantasy. And the reason I think she's doing the 19... 50s, 60s, 70s is growing up in Sarkovia. That's what she would have watched on TV. That's that's the place she would have felt most safe when she wasn't sitting waiting for Tony Stark's bomb to kill her or being in Strucker's lab or being hunted or feeling guilty about killing the people and starting the Sarkovia Accord. So, um, but I think we're going to get more there. All right. Let's move on to the last bit of news, what I've been waiting for. Uh, boom! Nubia. Nubia is canon, and she comes from the old gods. Um, But Nubia makes her future state debut. So if you don't know Nubia, she is Diana's sister, legal sister, yes, uh, has been in the comics forever, and she is getting um, put in. Now, this is going to contain spoilers, but we're going to go into it because I think it is very fucking cool. Um the backup story for the feature state immortal wonder woman issue number one, um, really, really went into the history of Themyscira and Diana in a very cool way because it brought back a fan favorite Nubia. 
So Nubia, Future State, Immortal, Wonder Woman, issue number one from L.L. McKinney, Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, Emmanuel Lopez, and Becca Carley. Um, the story opens decades into the future as Nubia has not returned to Themyscira for quite some time, instead choosing to be in man's world to make up uh, for the Amazons neglecting on their duties following the events of Dark Knight's death metal. And so this is different from what originally happened. Nubia tracks down uh, Grail, the daughter of Darkseid, who was trying to steal a precious artifact from a museum in Atlanta after a dramatic clash between Nubia and Grail. The former, uh, yeah, the former confirmed that she is Wonder Woman and used the lasso of truth to try to get the upper hand. In the process, Nubia accidentally touched one of the artifacts that Grail was trying to steal and began to uh, see visions of supernatural scenes in the process. Nubia then made her way to Ebony Web Nightclub, where she asked her Aunt Nancy for information regarding uh, what had happened with the artifact. Aunt Nancy explained to her the artifact she touched was a remnant of the ancient device called the Master Key, which was created by the Amazons as a way to prevent the gods from gaining too much power, but uh, unintentionally had the ability to open portals throughout space and time. The issue then ends with Nubia being taken away in some sort of portal. And that is why I wanted to read that, because the balance of power now the amazons had this power to keep the guys in checks but neglected it and also neglected you know their duties and responsibilities demand so now nubia is going to have access to this key and portal so how is that going to upset the balance with her and diana and also any of the other gods so that is why i'm excited that nubia is making her debut in the future state in that way because she's coming back in a big bad way um and i think you guys should check it out it's nubia it's wonder woman always the fucking best um let's go ahead and go right into it this show had me cracking up we're talking about the anime of the month we have a new one this is tenari no sekikun the master of killing time uh class is in session at a certain high school while the teacher isn't looking a boy named sekikun is playing games by himself on his desk while the girl who sits next to him yoko-san observes or interferes or participates each time seki kun's game reach unimaginable levels and this time the game is uh this was licensed by sentai filmwork studio shin a animation in this initially released january 6 2014 and went through may uh, uh 2014 um 21 episodes you can watch it on vrv or crunchyroll fucking amazing and hilarious because this is what everybody did in school like you're trying to sit there trying to figure out what to do uh, some classes we play cards sometimes fucking um i don't know pinochle uh jenkin pa there's a whole bunch of shit that you try to play just to get through class um fucking signing notes and dominoes we play a lot of dominoes in class we have a lot of teachers who like let us play dominoes and shit so um okay and then manga of the month this shit nine chapters fucking amazing had me tearing up this is a a, a gut wrencher but dr stone reboot um Bayakuya. so this is uh senkai's dad uh the spinoff manga focuses on ishigami uh, Baikuya, Baikuya Shin Ishigami. The manga is both written and illustrated by Bao Chi, published by Weekly Shonen Jump. It serves as the prequel to the series, detailing the astronauts' return to Earth and giving depth to the colonization that led up to the creation of Ishigami Village. And 
I mean, if you watched Dr. Stone, you got to see they left a CD form of the last song ever sung by a human, which they recorded in space before coming back down to Earth. But this gives you that journey and it gives you hope for the future because you find out something else that we haven't even found out in Dr. Stone yet. And I don't think we're going to find out in this season. I think these short novels in between the Dr. Stone episodes, they are going to give us more because I didn't know this, but it pulled on heartstring for so many reasons. Uh, the robot and then Senku. Thinking about those two right there and then what he wanted to do and, and get home and what they sacrificed and it it pulls on the heartstring. Again, it's nine chapters, Viz Media one ninety nine excuse me, one ninety nine a month on vizmedia.com gets you access to ten thousand chapters of manga a day. Just one ninety nine a month. I pay it. Shit's easy. I read this bitch super fast. It's very, very good. Um if you follow me on any of the socials at really Elijah underscore five thousand or really like to 5,000, you will see any of the manga or anime that I'm watching or reading, and uh, you can join the conversation there. But that is it for today's show. I gave you all the latest releases coming out this month, Feb- February Black History Month. Uh, we talked about Abbott 1973 and Abbott the comic. Also, we dove into WandaVision. I do love my hair in the picture, but Monica Rambeau, a.k.a. Spectrum, is coming. She's on the way. Um, we talked about, uh, the manga of the month and May of the month. Also suicide squad. I'm excited to see that shit. I want to see what's getting ready to happen next, but join me tomorrow morning. If you're watching this live as we dive into ghost Rider of Shishima and probably I might be, I mean, I don't know, just, just in the AM, in the AM twitch.tv forward slash Elijah underscore 5,000. Just turn on notifications. That way, if I'm ever streaming, notified instantly but you can find this and other podcasts i'm on like a little bit of anime on uh blackstudios.com or on any major podcasting platform pandora spotify uh even um alexa uh, apple Podcasts. podbeam is our home as always um send your emails to elijah bailey show at gmail.com if you don't like sending emails just simply subscribe rate and review on apple uh podcasts or Podbeam or Spotify. Add us to your playlist there. Also, make sure if you like what we do here on the show, share the show, tag the show, clip the show. I mean, if you guys do clips, that helps me out a lot because there's a lot of content we've been doing, a lot of shit getting ready to come out. It's just going through all the videos and editing is just taking forever, but you can do that. If you want to uh, do more for the show, you can join the Patreon Patreon. We got exclusive stuff there. Patreon.com for slash Elijah Bailey show. But other than that, I just appreciate you guys jumping in chatting. If you want to chat or just watching and expressing how you feel about some of the shit, uh, you guys love Godzilla vs Kong. Hopefully you enjoy WandaVision if you're watching it. And then, uh, I have, I'm playing the Blair Witch video game, but I, I've never seen it. So I'm going to watch that, and I'm going to give a review on that. So uh, we, we got some things coming up. Uh, but thank you, guys. I'm Elijah 5000. Again, blackandstudios.com, all over the social media. It's the Elijah Bailey Show on Facebook or the official group on Facebook. Uh, Elijah Bailey Show, chop off the W on the N. That's at S-H-O on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else for you guys. Go read some fucking comics. Chill out and prepare for the anime week. Anime week, we're going to dive into it. One Piece chapter 102. Um, There's so much stuff coming. 
But thank you guys. I'm Elijah 5000, and I will catch your ass in the next podcast. I'm out. What's up, everybody? Elijah 5000 here. Me and the Buckety appreciate it so much that you download this show each and every week. Again, we drop every Thursday. If you're new to the Elijah Bailey Show, go to Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to this auditorial pleasure that you get weekly, and just subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you, and I'll catch your ass in the next podcast.